40. All right. Episode four. What's up, everybody? This is Dan. What's going on, y'all? It's RJ Machismo. Today we got our uh, second special guest. Uh, he is an MLB reporter for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, he's also our cousin, and we're proud of him. Uh, he's Josh Tolentino. How are you doing today, Josh? How are you doing, bro? Good, fam. Appreciate y'all having me on. I'm excited to yes, uh, travel it up. Y'all putting on that that good content, and I'm glad to you know help out and you know just talk about whatever, man. You know, you know how right. we do. Yeah. So, like I said, you know, me, Josh, Rail, we're you know we're pretty big sports guys in this family. Uh, there's never a time we talk about sports. You know, we're always mentioning something about sports, all type of sports, basketball, football, baseball. You know, it's just it just comes natural. So it's like a regular conversation with it with us. So, you know, we want to say thanks again, uh, Josh, for taking the time to talk to us uh, and it, it means a lot to us that you're you know you're you're doing what you're doing right now with athletic all right Josh so uh, just a little icebreaker just want to just uh, just tell more about yourself so everybody can know just know yeah I think it's just from from the get like what we said earlier that you know sports has always been a big part of our our family and you know it's kind of always brought us together no matter you know what team uh, we're rooting for you know I'm always gonna rock with, with Chicago and you guys are always gonna be with the DC side of things um, you know some fam on the Lakers uh, but <laughs> that, that's that's just it right there it's, it's like it's kind of always stuck with me and there were other things that kind of got me into wanting to be a reporter like on the journalism side of things but at, you know on the forefront it's always been that sports has kind of been the one thing that I've always wanted to surround myself in so you think it was like maybe like your early childhood, like you know, like being surrounded with family members, like your you know, your parents, that made you inspired to you know get into the sports industry? No, it's actually, I mean, the family for sure. Like in terms of us, like the cousins, and and you know, even some of the uncles and the aunties. But the when it came to like pursuing an education, um, my mom, she actually like wanted me to be a nurse, just like kind of a lot of our other you know, people in the family. When I told her I was a nurse, she was actually like, are you sure? Like, you know, she really wanted me to pursue the medical field. And, you know, as, as we all know, like our, a lot of our family is in the medical field. And luckily, you know, my mom did get the nurse and my, my younger brother, Troy. Um, but at first it was kind of like, not looked down upon, but she, she questioned like, is this what you want to do? Um, but I think like, you know, as my career progressed, she, they, the support, you know, they finally it came around and they were like you know we really love that you you love what you're doing because um I think at the end of the day like like what our uh, Lolo always said he said work hard play hard and and really work doesn't for me it doesn't feel like work um and I like to feel that at such a young age it's like something I hope everybody is able to achieve uh you know at some point in their career yeah, definitely. Like, I think for anybody, you have to love what you do, right? You can't hate what you do every day because right. if you hate what you do, you just might as well just quit. So yeah. that's why everybody loves, you know, everybody has a profession and that's, that's where you are today. You know, you're working with the athletic and, you know, that brings me to my next question. <clears throat> 
So what inspired you to um, get into sports journalism and, you know, tell us more about it? Yeah, so the senior, my senior year of high school, when I was trying to decide what to do going into college, um, you know, I had thought about the medical field and I had always said, you know, maybe an anesthesiologist or a physical therapist, but each year in college, yo, and I would tell a lot of you this, um, I was really bad at science and math and you know, <laughs> pursue those fields, you need to be, you know, pretty good or at least show interest in it. So I realized, you know, from then I was like, I can't do this. Like, you know, I, I don't want to do this. Um, and then I joined the, the high school newspaper, the yearbook there. Um, and I found like a really kind of just passion in telling stories and, and, and really just interacting with the athletes. Like I was really good friends with the quarterback on the, t the football team. And I liked to chopping up with guys on the basketball team. Um, and that followed me to, to college. That's where I was like, okay, I want to, I want to do journalism. But, you know, I, I, like, like a lot of family save money, go to a community college at first. Um, and even there, I was able to get that first journalism experience. Like I was able to witness more so at that newspaper there, um, how we cover politics and like different things going on at the school. And we were able to see corruption. And I think like when you're able to see that and you want to be able to expose it and tell the truth of what's really happening, um, that, that was the, the reporting side was really kind of what reeled me in. And the sports kind of actually became secondary. Like sports has always been the number one thing, but it was like storytelling and then reporting that kind of became the, the number one thing. And then you pair that together. Um, and then that, that's how it kind of uh, all came together. And it, it took a while to, to really, um, you know, make a, not make a difference, but kind of, you know, really kind of pursue of this is what I want to do. Um, but I think when you combine those two together, the sports and the journalism aspect, I think that's, that's really kind of what pulled me in. Oh, that's great, man. So, yeah, so go ahead, Ralph. Yeah, man. So, you know, that's, that's, that's great that you got into all of that. Uh, my question for you now is that what were the challenges you faced, like trying to get into the current job that you have right now and then like the, the other roles that you had before that so what were like your your challenges and your tribulations stuff like that if you want to call it that or any yeah I think I think there's like you know several parts to that I think the first part is that even even now like in today's in, in the industry today like when I go to work and I go in the press box or of the stadium or whatever game I'm at um you know, I look around me and it's a lot of, you know, people who look the same in terms of it's, it's predominantly like dominated by white males. And, you know, right. the, the it's getting better. Like, you know, they're realizing, hey, we got to put females on TV and people of color. So I think that would have that from the get like that, you know, we're born like this. Like we've always, um, you know, I've always, you know, been brown skinned, been Filipino. So it's like from the get, you know. It's not a challenge, but it's definitely something that you're aware of. And, you know, right. in, in a way, you got to use to your advantage. So, like, you know, once I got lucky enough to, to finally get some internships under me and finally get in these locker rooms, you know, I use that to advantage. So it's like, you know, all, you, you're, all, all the other um, people in the industry and all the other reporters, you know, they're older and, you know, mostly the same of the same race. So it's like, okay, you, you're the young guy in the locker room. You yeah. also, you diverse. Um, and a lot of, and almost every single locker room, it's, it's as diverse as anywhere you could be. There's a lot of black players and in baseball, there's a lot of, um, you know, 
players of the Spanish culture and the Latin America. And it's like, you got to use that to your advantage and know how to kind of, kind of control the, the room. And, you know, uh, I try to vibe with them. It's like, you know, y'all listen to the same music, y'all in the same interests, whether it be shooting, <laughs> yeah. low, right. Uh, you know, any, anytime there's like a new drop, whether it be like, you know, something fashion or, or, or shoot, yeah. you go up to the player and you're like, Oh, you check those out. You cop those. Um, and you know, from that standpoint, you're, you're able to build a relationship and it's like, okay, they, they, they start to trust you and it's like, we can rock with each other. Um, so it's really just understanding your advantages, even though they might be challenges uh, at first. Oh uh, yeah, man, that's cool. But um, were, was there like an intimidation factor? Were you intimidated by these players and stuff like that? Or, you know, were anybody like your coworkers and stuff like that? Yeah, I think, I think early on, yeah when i was really trying to um get it like because like i was even before i was lucky enough to have like actual professional internships i was like just begging to get in my foot in the door like i was looking at all these different uh tv stations and newspapers and i'm like can you please let me go cover the bulls game for you can you please go, um, do this and i think early on you know once you first kind of get in and you see these athletes that you've been watching for a very long time and you look up to uh, of course there's going to be like that shock factor like for me yeah personally, it was uh Derek Rose uh you know that that was my guy growing up like my right, idol right, right. number right. one like, I, I remember uh I stood I stood in line one time outside the house of hoops in uh Chicago yeah, I think the shoe sign <laughs> yep yep for like 12 yeah, I remember that like y'all y'all know what it is camping <laughs> I like, saw it man Yo, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I, I read your story. Like, I subscribed to Athletic. I read yep. your story. Like, I think it was um that art that you guys had an article. It's not an art. Yeah, it is an article about what was your favorite, I guess, sports moment, you know, or encounter with an athlete. Mm -hmm. And what you, the way you put your experience into words is, you know, it's great because it's not easy. Like, you let us have the opportunity to, you know, be in your shoes. You know, I saw that you were waiting 12, 14 hours in the cold. Uh, <laughs> you were the first people, you know, you and your friends were the first people in line. And then yeah, that dream was like at the beginning of winter, like in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago and Chicago weather is no joke. It's like you, you guys are in the right. negative, negative 10. Yeah. <laughs> and what I read, That's what that. I liked about at that art, um, article is, uh, you know, when it was your turn to meet Derrick Rose, uh, the, people, the, the people from Adidas say, hey, you know what, this guy was waiting like 12, 14 hours in line. He got you, you know, like I think the Derrick Rose like merchandise or a jersey. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they didn't have to do that. You know what I mean? Like that's something that's appreciative. Yeah, and like, like from that standpoint, like he was always my idol. Uh, and then, you know, I, w I was able to, to meet him through that. But a few few years later, like when my career started developing, like I actually got the opportunity to cover Bulls games, like go to there, go to the United Center for work, and actually be in the locker room for work. And as you know, you're not there as a fan. So um, I think like when I was in the the locker room for the first time, I was kind of like starstruck again. But you're yeah. kind of quickly reminded that you know you're here for work and you can't be like for work, right? <laughs> you can't be like, oh my god, oh my this gosh, is like, let me take. A <laughs> with you like you right, know, yeah yeah you're, you're there to get the job done so um so once you once you're able to like quickly realize that uh and overcome kind of that shock starstruck factor 
Right. Like I'll, I'll see any athlete nowadays in the street, and it's it's just normal, just because like that's kind of what my job has forced me to. So it's it's normalized you. Um, and to that point, like, do I still root for certain teams? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm always gonna ride right. with a home. Um, but to you know, it's to a certain point and to a certain extent. Right. Yeah, you definitely gotta keep it professional, especially that yeah. you, know, you have you have an employee yeah. or the athletic, so you can't be super fanboy. Like right, like I'm a diehard. Like, I, I was a diehard Cubs fan growing up, but if it's yeah. like the race versus the uh the cubs it's like i can't be like yeah yelling i can't yeah be you can't you can't be one-sided yeah you can't be one-sided yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. deep down inside you're mad yeah. but professionally right. you gotta keep it a buck you know yeah i think like the number one i think picture of that is that before the raise job I actually was uh with the packers so i lived in green bay and like obviously growing up i was a bears fan um Ooh. you know I don't know how the, <laughs> and that's a division how, rival yep <laughs> I don't know how they got to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. Like, I still think about how nasty that. <laughs> that defense was nasty. Yep. Right. It was a defense. Erlacher. And then uh, y'all can't forget about uh, Devin Hester. Hester, man. Yeah. He was supposed to be, I think he should have been MVP that year. Yep. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, man. That dude was fast. But so, you know, I grew up uh, rooting for the Bears. And it's like my first. Um, you know, I had another. I had an actual uh, newspaper job out of college. But this was like my first professional team like in, in my career full-time position and it was like you know here you are working every day with Aaron Rodgers and this is the dude that you were trying right. to against you know just a few years ago um so I think that kind of put everything really quickly into a uh, perspective because actually I you know I'll, t- I'll tell a quick story real quick on that my first week there uh Mike McCarthy the he used to be the Packers head coach he's in Dallas right, right now. um my first week, he pulled me into his office after he had a press conference. He's He's got, like, press conferences every day in the morning before practice. And he, like, actually, he told the, the PR staff, he was like, oh, grab Josh and, you know, walk him into my office. And I'm in his office. And he actually took the time to get to know me because he knew, like, I was going to be new there and I was going to be there every day. Um, and that meant a lot, you know. Not, not every coach will, will do that. Um, but the takeaway from the story was that uh, – you know, we're going to know each other. Where are you from? Where you go to school? And once I told the first thing I said was, I was like, oh, I'm from the Chicago area. He's like, you're not a Bears fan, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, oh, it, man. Like, kind of right there. So it just shows that, you know, no rooting once you kind of get to this level of um, work. And, and, you know, you got to put the fandom aside. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, with, with, with all of that experience that you have, man, uh, with your current job right now, I mean, what is it like, though, right now? Like, I mean, I know you've been to, like, uh, I don't know how many teams you, you covered already, but the current job that you have right now, what is it like for you? Yeah, I mean, in terms of covering baseball, it's way different than, than, than football, obviously yeah. the NBA. So you think about the, the number of games just in those three major sports. In football – it was only 16 games. So I went from 16 games to 162. Right. And then, you know, NBA is that's, that's half of that, with, you know, the um, 82. Um, so from that standpoint, last year was like kind of a crazy awakening of like, man, I only went to like 16 games. And, and I didn't even cover all 16 games because some of them were on the road. And, I, you know, I, I traveled to, to some of them, but not most of them on the Packers. So I went from like 16 games to 160 and then the Rays made the playoffs last year. And then you think about the preseason. That's 200. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of games. Five yeah. days in the year. So it's it's a grind. Right. 
and they they really are 12 hour days but i think the reward is that you're there those 12 hours for 200 games 200 days of the year like you're there and the players are there and y'all like y'all see each other more than your own families and it's like at that right. point like they it, there's got to be some type of respect of like man we're both rocking here like the almost the entire year basically you know it's a quick it's a quick off season so um from that standpoint it was pretty challenging but also the reward is that you're able to kind of build the the relationships a lot faster in, in, in baseball but um, in terms of like generally the athletic, I mean, like it's been it's been pretty good. We get a lot of freedom of what we're able to do, and um, you know, as opposed to newspapers, you know, newspapers you got to put a deadline because they still got to make the paper at night. Right. And, you know, a lot of so like let's say let's say there's a game at seven o'clock, and I actually worked at a newspaper my first job out of college. Um, so let's say there's a seven o'clock game. The game ends around like ten, ten thirty, overtime, maybe like ten forty-five. Um, no matter what happens in the game, like the newspaper is still due at 11. Like there's no, ifs, okay. ands. right. So like if, if the score doesn't make it in, in the paper, you still got to write a story and it's like, you know, the game, you got to write a story. Yup. Yup. And so just imagine how much stress that comes, uh, with that. And it, it's like with the athletic, they don't stress the deadlines. They're like, take your time. You know, we don't have to put it out tonight. It can come in tomorrow. Like certain things, obviously, if it's important, it will have to come out right away. Um, but they really want us. I mean, our approach is to kind of find the the bigger and deeper story, and um, you know, we're not stressed with the deadline. So it's like, you know, if it takes all night to write it, we can take all night to write it. And it's just uh, from that standpoint, it's um, you know, I, that's something I really like about our company. Sounds good, man. Yeah, I I can also touch on it a little bit too because uh, I remember. You guys, I think you traveled with the team. You guys went, you guys were playing the Dodgers and you were in town. So, you know, we were trying to like coordinate, trying to meet up. I think it was that game where you guys were down like three runs, four runs. You guys made this wild comeback. And how many innings did it go? And you guys won the game? Like, like yeah, I know innings? exactly what game you're talking about. We yeah. played two games against the Dodgers last, I think it was in August. Yeah. Yeah, it was at the end of August because it was right before they kind of made their last push for the postseason last year. Mm-hmm. And they lost the first one. Uh, Blake actually pitched that game. But the second one they won, and it was like a comeback victory. Um, I think a couple innings before, it was I was like, all right, we're ready to go. Like, like I was ready to meet you up for dinner. And then the Rays just came back, and it was like a, a crazy comeback. And it was like, from that standpoint, it's like, okay, I got to write about this and, you know, push personal things aside. But, yeah, I, you know, I – like when it comes to like certain specific games, like there's so many, but if you like point out a specific one, like if I can remember something about that moment, like, you know, it's just like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I was, remember, I, I remember I texted you like, Hey, like what time are we going to meet you up? You were like, Oh, this game's almost done. And then I'll, cause I, I was watching the game too, like, you know, here at home. And then all of a sudden this game just tied up, went to extra innings and <laughs> I fell asleep. <laughs> I fell asleep, and then you met. He like he called me like we're gonna be still gonna meet up, and then you know I was pretty like tired. So my bad on that one. Yeah, but um, that's kind of just a glimpse of like how our days are. It's like we get to the ballpark maybe four, the stadium four hours before the game. We're there with the players when they're stretching, and you know the very not not like the not the stretching and warm ups that fancy like ten minutes before the game, but like the yeah. Run- there hours before like and they're doing all their treatment so we're there that early 
and we actually leave there later than them so in that sense you know we're there more time time wise than, than them so it's just, it's a it's a lot of time and effort but um i think especially at my age right now you know i'm 26 going 27 like i'm able to do this right now um like and you know i, I i'm just trying to enjoy the the entire process yeah definitely enjoy enjoy that um i also wanted to touch a little bit of what's going on in you know with the current state i i read something on social media and maybe you can also you want to maybe want to uh, ralph can also want to touch on that too uh there was an incident at a grocery store with you uh josh that you know was not a, a pleasant experience and you use your you know your platform in your current industry to voice out you know what what happened and tell us more about it yeah so like a few days ago i think it was two three days ago um i was at the grocery store and i was just running to grab uh you know a couple quick snacks um for for the day and you know maybe even for that night just like a couple quick things um and keep in mind like florida like there has been no mask order throughout this whole thing um like they just put a mask order in like i think the day before then so like people aren't used to wearing a mask down here especially you know with the 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 virus going around and you know florida is one of the leading states in terms of cases so they're trying to slow that down and they had just implemented the mask order uh but still myself i've always been wearing a mask whenever i step out of the house you know you guys too you know we got families and even though i'm here by myself like you know always concerned about that so i'm leaving the store um and i noticed this couple um this white couple right near the exit and they first they, they both didn't have masks so i think they were a little triggered that they weren't allowed in the store because the the mask order is like you know you got to wear masks everywhere any business inside the city or inside the right. county um so they didn't have a mask so they couldn't get in so they whatever they needed they, they weren't able to go shopping um and i think just conveniently for or coincidentally whatever you know word you want to use at that time i was passing by them uh you know in my mask carrying my groceries um and also i think you know being asian person of color um they they just kind of took their anger out on me and identified me as a target and and really wow. kind of, yeah in the moment i was shook like I, it, it happened really quickly and you know they were they um they yelled out Kung flu uh, and they yelled out a lot of different, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, racist things, so, you know, straight up, yeah. uh, not even hiding yeah. around. They said, go back to China with the virus. And uh, they're like, look at this Kung flu with the mask. That's kind of the one that really stuck out to me. Um, and in the moment, like, obviously that was making me heated and I'm not really like, you know, the violent person you never really want to be. Because uh, when you encounter these types of situations, violence really doesn't solve anything, especially in today's climate with everything going on, the the racial right. with everything going on. Uh, and, you know, I started to yell back at the male, the husband. Uh, and luckily, like, there was a group of uh, a couple, uh, you know, a couple black guys just down the just down the way from me. And they kind of observed what was going on. And really quickly, they, they came in uh, and they were like, they basically told the the couple to back up and they you know they sided with me um but in the moment i was like you know that really hadn't happened to to me myself in a, in a long time and i think all all of us like at an early age we experience some type of racism whether it be at school right. and you know kids are like the the kids at school are like slanting their eyes or you know some form some form of racism early on in your your um 
your childhood and you learn about it in school, obviously, but to experience it and, um, you know, and you want to be careful with everything going on, uh, but to experience it on a personal level, I think it just hits different. And, you know, I kind of thought about what had happened that night and I talked to a different um, mentors and, and, you know, very close friends and they're like, well, are you going to share it? Like, are you going to, you know, share what happened? And I really kind of at first had not thought about it. Like I had thought about it, but I told myself, I'm not going to like throughout everything that's kind of happened recently. I've, you know, I've shared black lives matter and I've, I've, you know, been vocal in supporting my friends who are being affected. Um, but me personally, I never have put out like a statement or, or any type of like showing my stance, like me personally, like I'll share things, but me personally, like I won't actually write my own thing. Um, but like after speaking to you know a few mentors and stuff they they kind of told me they were like do you realize your platform and it's like you know i have i have a pretty decent following you know it's not it's not huge or anything but on twitter it's you know it's 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 up there it's you know i think this put me like close to 10,000 followers just short of that right. um and you know i ended up writing kind of a, of a note in my notebook on on my phone and i it wasn't more so about saying what happened to me it was more so about, you know, this happens a lot. And it's, it's like, it's not really public. Uh, and I think you guys can relate. Uh, but especially with my parents, like growing up, like in an Asian Filipino household, like you're, you're really kind of told to, you know, keep quiet and not really question anything that kind of happens. And it's, it's just like, you don't use your, your voice, no talking back, you know, like no really like, like we're, we're marginalized. Like that's kind of like the society that we're, or the background and upbringing that we have. Um, but I think just realizing what had happened in the moment and wanting to, to be able to share that and just spread a little bit of awareness um, in terms of that, that, that was kind of the, the biggest takeaway. And I think, you know, the, the biggest thing, like right before we hopped on on the pod, I looked at the the tweet and kind of the numbers behind it because you're able to look at the analytics now on, on Twitter. Right. Yeah. And it got a million, 1.3 million views. And I think wow. that will kind of like just say it all there. And it, it was picked up by a lot of people in the industry. And, uh, you know, I had, I had Raptors players retweeting it today. I had, you know, different players in the MLB, um, different players in our, I mean, different mentors and stuff. Jay Adande, who has a very big following, he's close to a million followers. Um, but for them to see that message and share it and also kind of believe in what we're all fighting for, I think that was kind of the biggest thing. And, you know, obviously there were still some things where it's like, you know, there are people who question your integrity and like there's some replies that say, you know, that didn't happen. And I think you just got to over, you know, look past that and look at, you know, the effect of the love and the support that, you know, that we all, uh, that I at least felt from, from all of it. And that includes you guys. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, when I saw that, when you, you, uh, you tweeted that, you know, I, I, I wanted to be, wanted to retweet it too. I think it's great that you use your platform because, you know, like you were saying to show awareness that, you know, racism isn't, you know, it's, it's, an, it's unacceptable. It shouldn't be tolerated. We should love one another, you know, be kind to one another, you know, black lives matter. You know those those things are important to us in today's society so you know yeah and i had not really thought that there would be a chance of even reaching you know even a hundred thousand people because like you know i pay attention like it's it's part of my job to pay attention to the analytics of how your social media does and how your post right. do. 
and it's like even even you know good numbers are hard to get like hundreds of thousands when you're trying to like boost a story so it's like to know that more than a million people saw that um like that kind of re- really hit home earlier and it was like okay you actually and a lot of people reiterated that that, that you did the i think the proper thing and spreading awareness to the the overall issue yeah thank you know definitely thank you so much for for sharing and, uh, your story here's just another here's just another spot for us to talk about it so i mean yeah, anyone who, who yeah in, man i mean and you know you're, you're gonna get those uh those bad feedbacks like you said you know when you're reading your comments and stuff like that i mean you know all of those you just gotta kind of ignore it i mean you know you, you're gonna read it you're gonna see it but it'll probably make you mad but in a day you just gotta block it out you know what i'm saying because i mean yeah you know, there's just those people there yeah. like the 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 one thing i've learned over the the past few months and stuff is like you know, it's my job to report about the game, whatever happens. And it's like, yeah, right. you know, and these are like exactly what we talked about. Like when I grew up, like this is, this is what I would do. Like I would be on Twitter type, type typing about my favorite player and the play that make it. Yeah. The game. And it's like, when these players like mess up, it's like, we got to, you know, write about it too. And you know, there are a lot of angry fans. You'd be, you'd be surprised. Like kind of when, you know, something happens in a yeah. game, they're mad yeah. at we're, like tweeting it. And uh, there've been, I, I ain't, I ain't going to lie. Like I blocked a lot of people on Twitter, like just cause like, <laughs> No, it's 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 I mean, like you know yeah you're <laughs> you're gonna get those those type of people man yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but I'm I'm glad like kind of the bigger message here was was everything that we had discussed right yeah thanks you know like I said once again thanks again for for sharing that using your platform you know and you know showing awareness to to everybody and uh, so on a latter note uh, we want to my next question to you Josh is you know as part of working in the sports industry who were the sports figures that you met in person or interviewed that you were in all of so someone that you know you looked up to like you said like Derrick Rose uh you know tell us more about it yeah I can think of three off the off off the top of my head and and one is one we talked about earlier it was Derrick Rose he was obviously always my idol growing up and and you know I explained what my interaction with him when I got to the professional level. So that, that, that's probably the one that sticks out the most. Uh, the other two are, um, you know, actually within that same instance, that, that same year, actually, when I started covering the Bulls, the one of the first games I covered, it was, um, that was when Dwayne Wade was still on, on the Bulls. And uh, yeah, the Cubs had just won the World Series against the Cleveland Indians. And obviously LeBron was, was in Cleveland and he was rocking with Cleveland and, and Dwayne Wade was rocking with the Cubs and they had a bet. Uh, of, yeah. you know, I remember that. Yep, yeah, whoever remember wins that. <laughs> show up in a full side, like full, full uniform Cubs, Indians. And obviously the Cubs won, that was uh, 2016. So LeBron, and I was at that game, working that game, uh, LeBron shows up, you know, in a full Cubs uniform. And, you know, it, it was such a kind of crazy moment. Like, you know, you always see uh, every time, anytime you watch an NBA game, you know, you always see uh, right before the game, um, maybe like an hour, a couple hours before, whenever the player arrived, like, you know, the camera's following them in and, you know, every, all the attention's on their fit, whatever that, you know, what Yeah, their fit, yeah. yeah. I mean, they got a page with that now, NBA yep. fits, you know. Yep, yep, exactly, league fits. All sports. <laughs> so, yeah. like, but this, it was, like, on another level, yo, like, because this dude was rocking the Cubs gear, right? There were literally it was it wasn't just it was like hundreds of us went from the moment he got off the bus we're like walking backwards and, and watching this do every step and just like phone cameras like photography like 
the the professional video cameras like hundreds like he had security but like they really couldn't like there was hundreds of us like just like kind of making the walkway for him to the locker room um and later that night when he was warming up uh i took this uh kind of still shot uh in front of him and i was nervous yo i was like this is lebron yo like like that was so, <laughs> yeah. um that like like you know he obviously sure sure number one hall of famer when he's done and you know he's made such an impact on the league and when you think of top players obviously mj kobe lebron um so just knowing like his 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 stature like i was kind of in shock then that and and you know um since then like i've had opportunities to work with him again and see him again you know it, it's died down like the stardom and the the shock factor has definitely died down so that like he's number two um the third one it's got to be Aaron Rodgers because uh Aaron Rodgers. I grew up you know basically uh rooting against him and um it's actually funny when I when I took the Packers job I had to like go back on my Twitter and delete old tweets like you know search old wow tweets. yeah <laughs> and, like you'd be you'd be kind of surprised like like in high school, like I was reckless, yo. Like I was like, at <laughs> this team, like go bear down and see red. Like I had to delete, delete all of those, you know, because it's like once you're working with a team and like let's say one fan like is really trying to dig and find something against you. Yeah, like, they always they're, they're gonna dig. <laughs> and you've seen like, like for example, Josh Hader, like you know, on, on the Brewers and in his usage of you know uh, the N word, like way back when, and um you know, just other athletes who have said stupid things way before, uh, like Mitch Trubisky, for example, like he, he rooted for Aaron Rodgers like early on. Um, and that was dug up. So it's like, you know, it, to the same effect, like that all these athletes have these old tweets of when they were younger. Like I, I tried to really protect myself and, and go back. Um, <laughs> but there was a moment, uh, and it was a comfort behind when it was actually against the dolphins, um, in 2018, the Packers were playing at Lambeau. Um, and I was in the locker room and, and like what I said earlier, like we got no deadline. So I stay in the locker room until they kick me out. Like I, I, I use wow. <laughs> minute, like until like, there's like, all right, it's time to go. Um, so it was a night game. So like all the other media, they were on deadline. Like they had to go back, they had to type their story. And here I am in the locker room by myself. There's no one, there's literally no one in there. Um, I'm waiting for them to like kick me out. And Aaron Rodgers walks in from his press conference to, and he picks up his backpack and he picks up his phone at his locker. Um, and he yells out, Hey Josh. And I'm on my phone, like scrolling through Twitter, uh, maybe like 15 feet away from him. And I look up and I'm like, there's no one in the room. And I was like, I was just hearing that. And then I, I like look back at my phone again and I hear, Hey Josh again. And Aaron Rodgers is waving me over to his locker. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and like obviously I had worked with him for several months at that point but kind of just knowing who he is also like kind of like LeBron like you know he's also a future Hall of Famer one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game right. um, you feel that when you when you go up and talk to them and it's like they're human beings too and you have to normalize the situation because it's work but this was the first time that we had ever talked one-on-one -on -one, just because like he's a very busy guy up there like anytime that he does interviews it's always like a group interview um so like when he was calling me hey josh i was like kind of nervous walking over to him right so i'm walking over maybe <laughs> 10 steps, uh and i get to his locker right and, he, and we actually sit down at his locker i sit down um I, I think the the backup quarterback at the time was deshaun kaiser i sit in his locker um and you know i'm aaron's right here on my left and i'm in sitting in deshaun's locker uh and he's like 
you're Josh, right? He was like, and he introduced himself for me, kind of like what Mike McCarthy did. He was like, asking about where I'm from. And then he actually pointed out, he was like, I read one of your stories earlier this week. Uh, and he's like, I really enjoyed it. And I, it was actually on one of his offensive linemen. Um, and, you know, to that, so in the moment, and then even after that, it's like, you realize that, you know, the players might not admit openly that they watch TV and they watch or they, yeah, and they, 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 they read, read uh, yeah, they do. <laughs> Maybe some players, they do read, they, but maybe some players don't check it out. But like, they really read everything. Like, yeah. I know players who like search their name on Twitter and Google their name like right after the yeah. game. They want to know what people are talking about, and uh, to know like one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, like you know, went out of his way to kind of notice your work, and it, it, it right. from that point, it kind of helped the relationship for the rest of the year. And I felt comfortable and you know not not any nervous or, or starstruck at, at all like and I felt comfortable just going up to him and, and chopping it up um just like on a regular basis because you know you, you see those guys every day so definitely Derrick Rose LeBron and then um getting to work with Aaron Rodgers every day uh, a few years ago that those are kind of the three that that stick out and that's great like I said um it's nice that you shared the story with Aaron Rodgers because not many, you know, we don't know him in, through a public, you know, through the public eye, you know, he's very private. He doesn't, you know, he just does his thing, you know, try to try to win games. It's just unfortunate that Packers can't even provide him, like, the right, you know, players for him. <laughs> Give him the, the weapons that he needs. Got him, Eddie Lacy. You know what I mean? I saw, I saw some, some stat of, like, the first round – picks that he's been able to play with and the number was pretty staggering in terms of like how yeah. he's played with and it's like if you think about that and you think about like kind of the talent they bring they, they bring in and and right now they're kind of just focused on on speed at the wide ends um, and it's like it's kind of crazy to think about all the accomplishments that he's done um yeah they've, they've only got one super bowl but in terms of like the other statistics he's like literally one of the best quarterbacks to, to ever play the game so when you think about it from that standpoint it's like um Kind of like with LeBron, you know, I, I, I grew up like not, I, I grew up really rooting against LeBron, but it's like once you come <laughs> up at a certain age and you, you learn about yeah. more and you respect the player, it's, it's just from that standpoint, it's like you can hate on them all you want, but at the end of the day, you got to respect them for, you know, the yeah. greatness. Same here. I didn't like LeBron. Like what do you think, what he did to my Wizards the past three, four seasons? The, hey, the Bulls, the, the only reason I swear that they never made the finals was LeBron of, James. Uh, uh, <laughs> like that Derrick Rose team with Luol Deng, Joakim Noah. Well, even, even with that, I mean, yeah, like you said, even with the Cavs, even mostly with the Heat, they couldn't yeah. get passed by that Heat team, man, you know? I was at that, that Eastern crazy. Conference final uh, game one uh, against the Heat. Uh, the uh, What happened that game? Taj. Y'all remember Taj Gibson? Taj Gibson? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on, uh, Dwayne Dwayne. Dwayne. Yep, yep. He posterized them and, like, that was actually the only game they won. It was like after, but after that game, I was like, "Man, we got a shot!" And it's just yeah. like, "Nah, LeBron, yeah. nah, nah." Like, I'm <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, he, that, he was just he was just too tough to tame, man. At that time, yeah, know? yeah. And we, you know, as Chicago fans, like with, with me and Rael, like we wanted that so bad because, like, LeBron. <laughs> remember, LeBron had the decision, and this was before super teams were a thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'll never like like I talk about this all the time with my friends back home. Like we, you'll never forget where you were when the, he made the decision. Like I was actually right. at flags and like I was in a line, 
for uh, the roller coaster, right? And like all of a sudden, everyone's yelling like, "Oh, he's going to the heat!" Like, and then because like obviously we're we're all from Chicago up there, right. and then like you know, it's kind of like that girl that you almost got, but she went somewhere like you should. <laughs> like it was right. like, it it was like heartbreaking for real. Like as a as a as a diehard sports fan, so. Yeah. Like, I wanted to be him all those years that he was there, but he just he was just too tough to overcome, and, and from that you just got to respect the dude. Yeah, I mean that's just part of like being like a sports fan, you know. Like we, that that old saying is that you always put your heart on your sleeve, like you live and die with your team. You know, it's people think we're like over dramatic when, you know, our team loses, our favorite player gets hurt, something bad happens. Cause we take it to heart. Cause like we feel like we're we're part of the team, you know. Yeah. Yeah. People, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's hard to understand. It's hard to put into words. Yeah, and it really is. And and getting all these different experiences, you see the the fan bases and how much they care. It's like, you know, I remember those days when I was like waiting, you know, camping out to meet Derrick Rose, and and not just that, but I, you know, one big thing that I always liked as a kid, or at least when I was in high school and middle school was waiting outside for autographs like you know waiting for the player to drive out and like you know please open your window yo like and, and you know sign my basketball um and it's like when I go home and leave work and it's like I see these these kids and you know even even like older older like guys like well into like yeah. their 60s, 70s who are still chasing autographs it's like you understand kind of where that passion came from so it's like um from that standpoint, it, it kind of feels like a 360 uh, moment for me. It's like you're, 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 you're um, as a professional, like you see yourself, you know, I was that kid trying to wait for an autograph, you know, and sometimes you get. And it's accessible autograph. to you now, you know, it's like it's not that hard for you to get now, you know what I'm saying? It's just you can speak to anybody in that team that you, that you cover, right? So. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, but from that standpoint, it's also like what you kind of learn early on, like ethically, like, if you develop the relationship, like, later on yeah. in your career, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, like, I can't, like, walk up to a new player, like, first, first thing, <laughs> oh, can I get an autograph? Just because I'm able to be next to him, you know? It's like, uh, you know, it's all it's a lot of ethics and stuff that goes in, oh, into of course. it. Which is kind of what takes the fandom away, like what we talked about earlier. But right. Yeah, like I said, you always got to keep – you got to be a, a professional, first and foremost, fanboy – Deep down inside, you're a Packers fan. You're covering the, you know, I mean, not you're not Packers fan. You're a Bears fan covering the Packers. Yeah, that that must have ate you every day. You know yeah. I mean? yeah, I mean, but the thing is, like, you root for the success of your team, of the, the team at least. Uh, you know, like deep down, you're like you're always gonna want them to do good because, in a way, that helps your career. Um, but you know, if the team's bad, you got you gotta tell it how it is. Like, you can't. You, you, there's no bias. There's no like. You can't uh, fall this way or this way of, you know, oh, shoot, I'm tight with this player, and he did really bad tonight. I can't say he did good. You know, you got you got to stay how it is. And um, from, that from that standpoint, always remember that, you know, you're there to do a job, and no matter what relationships you've built, that, you know, you got to tell it how it is. Because, like, that's kind of brings me back to, like, the first thing that brought me in is the truth-telling, uh, storytelling aspect. It's like, you know, just just tell it how it is. Great. So, but, go ahead, Ralph. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to ask you, since, you know, obviously the Kansas City Chiefs don't want the Super Bowl this year. And I think I remember you, you worked, uh, I think you covered a training camp, right? I did. I did. Yeah. Um, 
And that's actually kind of what led me to my first football job. Like after that, after that, there was an internship. I actually worked at a newspaper and covered colleges. But what led to kind of the first offer with the athletic was because I had that football experience. Um, and it, it's a story that I, I, I mean, I'll always remember um, that I'll continue to tell. Uh, so it's crazy, yo. Like you know how it is. Like um, you know, we we go to church and a lot of people at church play basketball right yeah um so like I was moving I moved to Kansas City I didn't know anyone there and I went to church my very first week um and Sunday like after the after the service like I had a couple uh guys um come up to me and they're like oh are you new you know introduce ourselves they're like oh we're gonna play basketball later and they gave me the address of the of the park um and it was later in the afternoon so it was like I went home um took a nap and I woke up from my nap, yo. And I'm like, I, I, I type in the address of the, uh, the park and I'm like, yo, this is kind of mad far. It was like 45 minutes from where I was staying. And I'm like, should I go? I was like, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I was pretty tired cause I had covered a soccer game, um, the night before the sporting Kansas city soccer team, the, the MLS team. Right. They have. So like, I was tired and then I had to wake up early to go to church, but I was like, you know what, you know, I, I I want to play basketball, you know, these are new guys that are, you know, invited me out, you know, I need to find some, you know, develop some friends here. Uh, why not? I was like, I'll, I'll take drive the 45 minutes. So I pull up to the, to the park. Right. Um, and you know, the guys are there for that, 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 that invited me. Um, and we're playing on one side of the court and on the other side of the court, yo, I'm like, yo, that looks, that looks like Pat, Pat Mahomes. And I, oh, wow. the, only reason, the only reason that I say that was because two days ago, that Friday, right? Um, so that, that was a Sunday. On Friday, I had covered training camp. Like, I was at the Chiefs facility, the practice facility. Um, I had seen Pat up close in person. I actually, um, um, you know, said hey to him and, you know, introduced myself really quick. Um, so I had seen him up close. So, I, I, you know, it's different. You know, when they're wearing a helmet, you can't really kind of tell – who they are right. outside body structure you can't see their face but i saw him up close and i was like and and so like back to sunday like i'm on the one side of the court and they're on and he's on the other side of the court with two other players and it's like i think that's pat but i didn't tell any of the guys from from um that i was there with at church and then eventually we're actually playing our own game so they're just shooting around it's three of them and then there's i think there's like four or six of us um playing on the other side and you know we're just playing casual three on three um and so like after one of the games we sit down you know take a break take a take a take a breather get some water and we're sitting down there watching them and they and one guy's like yo that looks like Lonzo Ball and then because like, like, <laughs> like, cause you know because the, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. With, with Pat and with Lonzo um and I like look up to him and then we, we make eye contact. And then he actually, like, yells at us. He's like, yo, y'all want to play a game? Um, and yeah, so I, so I get up, and I start walking over there because the other guys, they were, they were, you know, they were still resting from the game that we had just played. And I'm like, yo, Pat? He's like, yeah, yeah. And, then he, and then he was like, Josh, right? And, like, because we, we had just met the other day. Yeah. Um, and, like, from there, like, it was kind of like a crazy just – I mean, we played – we just hooped, and we ended up hooping <laughs> – like that summer I was there for an internship. We ended up hooping regularly. Um, and it, it was crazy. Cause like no one, um, from church, they, they didn't really know who he was. Like he was their first round draft pick. 
but he wasn't. Right. He wasn't <laughs> his right, rookie you know? year, right? That was his rookie year. Yeah, yeah he was bagging up Alex yeah. Smith. Oh, Alex Smith, yeah. Yeah, he wasn't a guy yet, so like no one really knew who he was. Um, but like after our first game, like I had kind of told the guys, I'm like, "Yo, that's your quarterback," um, <laughs> and they're like, "No way!" And like the whole park, like it, like the whole park kind of rushed, and they all like came and started watching us, and they they all took a picture with him, obviously. Um, but yeah, from from that standpoint, it was like just just uh, developing that relationship with him um, kind of really helped me. Uh, my, the early stages of my career because you know it showed that you know he, w- he wasn't a dude yet but everyone knew he was going to be a dude and I, I, was uh, talking, yeah. I, I told all my friends I'm like yo watch out for this dude in, in case yeah. <laughs> and like we all know like how he took off the past two years so that little what people knew what you know what, what was in store to him you know hey hey when he was he, the funny thing is that he hit a, a fadeaway jumper over me to, to finish the, the game of 21 mm-hmm. it was like a little mid-range like step back and like he was talking mad trash, yo. Like and, and like you, you kind of knew the competitiveness and like even yeah. even at the early stage. And um, what's funny is like I don't know if y'all remember, but sometime last year there was like a viral clip. I don't know if it was like on Bleach. Yeah, Club. I remember. I'm mean, yeah, he was playing ball. <laughs> I thought, is that, that you? Lifetime, right? Yep, he was at Lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> and like like people don't realize like this is what he does on a regular. Like this wasn't a one time occurrence. He didn't just yeah. show up there like. Like from the get, like he's always been a hooper. Like he loves the hoop. Like 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 just like us. He likes to make his runs and you know, like we, we like to run fives. And it's it's just like from that aspect. Um obviously the Chiefs kinda got worried and they put in that contract. Yeah. I remember contract. that. Yeah, that he's not yeah. allowed to play pickup. But yeah. Who who knows if he still does? So that's just a, a cool little story that I think I'll always have is that and that was at the beginning of my career. So it was like I knew early on that I wasn't going to be there full time. And I was like, I just want to take advantage of it. So we actually hooped uh, on a regular basis that summer. And like, from that standpoint, we were also able to relate. Um, like, a, we're both two young dudes in a new city. Uh, you know, what spots have you been hitting up? Have you checked out this restaurant? You know, the, have you been to this mall? Um, and, and that was obviously before he became a superstar. So that, that's just a relationship that I'll always remember. That's great. I mean, I'm sure he'll still remember you if you, if you come across him, like, hey, Josh. Well, yeah. So that the thing is, so like when I got the Packers job, uh, the first game that I covered, it was they played Kansas City in the preseason, um, and I don't I don't remember if Pat played. He might have played a quarter of that game or like a, a drive, because you know in the preseason they really don't don't run guys. Yeah. And like, so I made it. I made a point of emphasis to like show up um at his spot like at, at his locker um and like so by the time I had left um the Packers locker room to to run and go try to catch him he had already finished but like at, it, it was funny because like as I was leaving to go back to the Packers locker room we ran into each other in the hallway and like we shook up like it was just like normal times like from a year before so um like I, I really do think if you're able to establish the, the relationship to a certain right. point and develop it like they really do remember you and, and you know later on in your career yeah that that trust is definitely important especially when you have that good rapport with now he's a superstar player you know he's well well recognized he's on the cover of madden super bowl <laughs> yeah. champion right. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like everything just fall and then you know down the road you see him you know hey how's it you know josh you know, just you guys just like it's like nothing happened. You know, like you guys saw each other like yesterday. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, who knows if I if I'm able to get back in the NFL or if they let me help out. Like, if you know, if the Bucks end up having to play the the Chiefs. But yeah, I think I think like from that standpoint, like the, those relationships like really really do matter. Because like, there's even guys on the Packers that I'll text like every you know every now and then. Like, or, or you know, we follow each other on Instagram and I'll keep up with them and you know something on their story. It's just you know maintaining that and remembering that hey, you know, we always rocking with each other, even though that you know we're at different points in our career. Yeah, definitely. Like like I said. Keeping that open relationship, networking, that's always will, you know, that will always continue to help you out like throughout your career. So, um, so yeah, so we're going to switch to a, a sport that you're covering now, which is baseball, MLB. Uh, so tell us more about the current state of, of baseball dealing with the COVID situation, the pandemic, and now that they're opening with a shortened season of 60 games. So tell us more how, you know, the Rays are handling it and as a, from a baseball standpoint. Yeah, I mean, obviously, so like the it's it's going to be such a shorter season this year, and there's going to be a, a few a few like several different rules. Obviously, there's going to be no fans at the beginning, you know, that might change as the season develops. But it's it's only going to be a 60 game season. And when you think about baseball, we talked about like how many games there are earlier. Right. You talking about you going from 162, and anything can happen in 162. Like you can have th- two bad weeks. Like I mean, for example, like. Look at the Nationals last year. Like, if if this if the if the if it was a sixty game season, the Nats wouldn't have made the the yeah. postseason. They wouldn't have made the playoffs. That's crazy. I, I was I reading. I was reading that on Bleacher Report. They were saying like evaluating the sixty game the sixty game season from the you know from the prior year. Nats mm-hmm. the number one was Nationals would not have won the World Series. They would not have been in the postseason. Exactly. So it's a marathon. And so like, depending on the team and how they're built, you know, like some teams are built like to sustain like the long grind of the season, whereas some teams like their their depth, they're able to like kind of attack and just piece together like over these 60 games and, um, you know, localizing it with the Rays, like the Rays, you know, they obviously made the ALDS last year. They, they won the AL wildcard against Oakland. Um, and took one of the best teams in like baseball history. And I know the Astros ended up losing to the Nats. Um, in the World Series, but that was one of the best teams ever, like in, in baseball history, that, that Astros team from last year. Uh, obviously, you know, like since then, there's been a lot of um, things that have come out about the Astros organization and in terms of them <laughs> stealing and, you know, you think yeah. about legit and, you know, what has actually been talent. But, you know, at that point, like no one knew about their sign stealing or it wasn't like public knowledge. And, you know, they were one of the best teams ever. Like, you know, 72-10 Bulls, like, yep. you know, the Warriors, like. 73-9. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no ring, yeah. Yeah, so like for, for anyone who like, you know, isn't aware like of, of baseball, like they were, the, they were the team last year. Like they were right. like the best teams uh, ever. And so like the Rays, they were able to take them to – the brink like they they forced like the the elimination like do or die uh game five and alds and then you know they fell short but um when you look at what they're bringing in this year um the rays they're they got i mean they got a deep team like their their pitching is really good their their position players are really good and not just that um you know baseball's got so many technicalities with the roster um you know because there's so many players and this year there's a 30-man roster to begin with and there's like a big taxi squad and secondary pool of players like basically uh teams are going to have 60 players um but you you know you can only uh have 30 at the beginning to actually play in the game but you you think about the the extra 30 and how um you know how many teams there are in the league a lot more teams 
there's going to be a lot, a lot of teams who are suited better because, like, their number 30 to 60 player, like, their my youth and their minor leagues are way better than other teams. And, and the Rays, they actually have the, the number one farm system in baseball. So Oh, really? Yep, yep. From that standpoint, like, they're really deep. Um, and they've um, – another thing that I really noticed about them is that uh, when you come up in the system, like, when you get drafted, right – and you've been playing a position your whole life, like through high school, through college. When you get to the Rays, they're like, okay, we see you, but we're going to make you play this too. And we're going to make you play this too. So, like, if you're a shortstop, guess what? When you join the Rays, you're going to be a third baseman, a second baseman, and maybe even a center field. Like, they really test, and, like, they really like that flexibility. And, like, you know – But they want, you, they want you to be a utility player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, too. yeah. Yeah, when you look at the Rays roster, almost every single person on there, outside of, like, a couple guys, are utility players. Like, you could literally put them, like, like at literally anywhere in the lineup, and, like, they're one of the deepest teams. So, not so you know, you think about the youth that they have, and I really do think that they're poised to, you know, have a pretty good season under the 60-game uh, condensed circumstances. Yeah, that, that team was actually, like, that, that team that you covered last year was pretty fun. Uh, yeah. You know, you guys were you guys gritted it out. A lot, a lot of people were doubting you. The wild card game, the A's, you know, the the uh, Oakland Athletics were the 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 heavy favorite team, and then you guys came out of nowhere. And then you even put, you know, the the Astros through the brink. And I also want to share something with you that I appreciated. You know, as a family member, when I saw you, you know, interviewing the the Rays after that postseason wild card game. I saw you, you know, celebrate with them. And that really meant a lot to me that, hey, you know, Josh made it. He really, like, made it. And he's appreciative of all of, like, the, the, the athletes and players that he's been covering all season, you know. So tell if yeah. you want to just share a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually have, like, luckily, like, you know, that was that image was able to be captured. And there's there's um, photos of, like, me being in the clubhouse in my, like, rain jacket because, you know, you're getting soaked with the beer and the champagne. <laughs> I'm, like, that morning on me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in the moment, it's very fun to be part of. And, uh, you know, but you got to remember, like, you're there to do your job. Like, you're not there to celebrate. You're there to, like, yeah. <laughs> like as crazy as this, sh like, shit is that's happening, like, they're pouring all this beer on you. Like, you got to remember what's happening because you got to write about it. Like, you got to yeah. write about what's happening you know, <laughs> as soon as you get upstairs. So it's like, this, all this is happening, and it's like just such a rush of uh, adrenaline. Um, and again, like, you, you, you don't want to be perceived as, like, you're celebrating with them because you're there for, to, to do a job. But at the same time, you know, you've been grinding with them all year. And like, like what I said, all those 12-hour days for 200 games, like, you've been with them the whole time. You've seen the hard work that they put in. And then, you know this is your job to be able to paint the picture of, you know, what got them this far and, you know, how happy they are uh, in the moment. So like, it like when I try to describe it, like it was crazy. Cause it's like, you know, you're getting poured beer, like endlessly, like, <laughs> like they got unlimited supply, yo. Like, like yeah. they just be, they just be dumping that thing. And then like, give me another yeah. one. It's not even <laughs> another one. They're like, give me four, you know? Yeah. And like you saw the Nats, they partied a lot, like because they, they were able. To... How many times, Real? Three times. Yup, yup, yeah. exactly. LLDS. <laughs> yup, yeah. LLDS. World. And, and then when you clinch the World postseason, too. So like even in the regular yeah. season. Yeah. Yup. 
So you think about how many times these guys do that. Like they, they become pros at like, and in the minors too, like in the minors, that's no, that's a known thing too. Like when you, when you clinch all these different um, things, they celebrate too in the minors, yeah, like maybe yeah. not as crazy, but they, like they're, so like when they get to this point of their career at the big leagues, they're prepared to like go all yeah. out crazy. So like, yeah, that's big. Yeah. That's big for them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was obviously part of that, but the, I think the bigger kind of takeaway is that, you know, all this is happening, but it's like, man, I got to remember what's actually happening. <laughs> like, mental notes of like remembering, oh, this player was hugging this player and this player was like in tears and um, just, and then remembering to be able to, to, to type that out pretty quickly. Like, while you know, at the same time, you know, I get back upstairs in my laptop and it's like, you know, these players, they're able to shower and like be fresh. Like after they do that, bro, like we reek, like we smell like beer and we're upstairs and like our clothes are all like, you guys were like yeah yeah exactly it's like i brought a jacket but it's like still like it was still like head to toe like you're drenched and it's like man but you can't worry about that because you know you got a job to do and you got to type the story of what just happened so um from that standpoint i think it was like a really big kind of growth and and great experience um just being able to be part of that that's cool man so with with that being said with all this postseason and season talk it looks like right now um the odds to win the World Series right now is obviously the Los Angeles Dodgers and number two is the New York Yankees, right? Uh, seeing it too, the Tampa Bay Rays is even on like top of the Nationals winning it all. It's crazy, you know, like the Nationals aren't even like the top right now to win it again. But um, who is like, you know, pretty much your early predictions for the World Series right now, even though it's like a 60 game season, um, you know, what, what to expect for this season? And like I said, who, who what's like your early predictions at the moment? I really think those two powerhouses right there in the NL and the AL with the the Dodgers mm-hmm. and the Yankees, because it's yeah. like, you know, I interact with these players pretty frequently, some of them almost every day. And it's like, we talk about a yeah. lot of stuff. Um, and, and when I say players, like, I'm, you know, I'm talking about players on the Rays and, you know, we're always talking about who's the hardest team and like, who's like, you know, we're paying attention to what's going on and who goes where. And, and you know, obviously Mookie Betts going to LA yeah. um, and like all these players almost like hundred percent agree. Like, the Dodgers and the Yankees from top to bottom, like they're, they're definitely like the toughest teams to face. Like it's like, obviously, you know, in baseball, there's, there's nine, it's the, the lineup is made of nine, nine players and you got to face nine hitters and, and, you know, you do it all over again. You run it back from the top. When, and, and, you know, for some teams, it's like, once you get to seven, eight, nine, it's like, okay, these are guys that are struggling or these guys aren't yeah. <laughs> But yeah. like, when you're playing the Yankees and the Dodgers, like seven, eight, nine could be someone else's one, two, three. Yeah. So, like they all could hit. <laughs> you know, exactly. So like, I mean, from that standpoint, or from when you think about it like that, like they're super deep. So I, I definitely would go those two. But like, you think about a team like the A's or the Rays, like you know, and they've got depth and they've got the minors. So, um, and and really the utility players, like you know, they 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 know how to use their roster. So I think those are teams can be perceived as, as underdogs too. So oh, that's good. Um, go ahead, Dan. No, no. So um, I also want to get your feedback. Um, of course, like me, Rael, we're, we're Nats fans. You, from the outside looking, what was your opinion of their their run, their, their improbable run, going 19 and 31 in May, you know, beating the best team in, in, in MLB, two of them. So, you know, how, like, I just want to just know what your your thoughts with that. Yeah, I mean, I think from 
that standpoint, like you look at, they were 19 and 31 and it's like, yo, this team's and pretty early on in baseball. Like when, you know, when a team is like struggling, like, yeah, it's a, it's a marathon, but it's like when a team's struggling from the get, it's really kind of hard to, to get back and um, get back on your groove. Cause with baseball, it's like the way the schedule goes, it's like, they're long trips. Like when, when we go on the road, like I pack for three cities, like these players are leaving their families for three cities and it's like if you go on a struggle where it's like where you lose a majority of those games and you come back, it's so hard to recuperate. So and like you know rebuttal and, and and really just get get it all back together. So when you when you think about it like that, I mean the Nats what they did is it's just so impressive. And I know you were at the 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 game in LA. Oh my God, that game was crazy. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like like that shouldn't happen. Like the like LA. Oh. But like with sports, like as we all know, like anything can happen, and, and it's it's like you you see that did happen against you know with two of the best teams with the Dodgers and, and the, the uh, Astros. You know what's crazy? Um, when we were when I was in Game Five, uh, people, you know, of course, the Dodgers were so confident they were winning three one. I saw because like I was sitting with actually I was standing up with with all my um you know what all my my my, my friends. I saw all these people. They were already buying tickets for the next game. They were buying, oh, yeah, we're going to get, we're going <laughs> to, can't wait to play the Cardinals. You know what I mean? People already putting their down payment for their season tickets for 2021. All I heard, yeah, you know, good game, good game, good game. And then a, a funny story uh, when they tied the game, I, I, you know, I, I had to use the bathroom. I was like a long line in the men's, the men's stall. And then all of a sudden, I hear like, people cursing. They were like, damn, damn. I was like, what was going on? I hear nobody. Like, nope, everybody's like pissed. Like, they're literally upset, like, leaving the, the, like, the bathroom. I know what happens then, next. When I came back, it was a tie game with 3-3. And they're like, oh, what's going on? And, and then, you know, I was like, yo, like, when you went left the bathroom, like, they tied the game. Like, Rendon, like, hit a home run, and then... Soto hit a home run back-to-back. And like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, so excited. And then when, you know, they scored the two runs, they're like, yeah, go back to the bathroom, you know? Like, go back. Because, like, you're like, you're like, uh, that should be, like, your good luck. And, you know, like, when, when Howie hit that, that grand slam, it was just, you could, you could hear, like, a pin drop in that stadium. All those people in Dodger blue, and Sylvester, uh, you know, field, there was so... Nah, you know, yeah, I, know, I know what they could hear. They could hear you screaming. They, the only people <laughs> they were hearing were the Nats fan. All people were in, in red. And you know, I, I had it on video. I'll never forget it. Um, you know, it was just like a surreal feeling. I, I always tell people that was my World Series because, you know, I never got the chance to, like, see them, like, at home or went to Houston. Uh, but that was my World Series, like, seeing them uh, win it all and then at the end, when they got that final out, we went down to the, you know, to the field, and they saw us. Like, Davey Martinez was pointing to us, like, "Hey, thanks, you got, you guys were the reason like we won," and that just, you know, snowballed. Like everything just fell in the right place. Imagine that team. Like they were always the team that never got through. They were zero and five, you know, since inception. That. You know, that at the Cardinals game where they had that need that one out and then Bryce Harper striking out against the Cubs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember that. And then the other yeah. year too, with I think 2016, 
it was Kershaw was was, was the relief pitcher. Yeah. You know what oh, I mean? The like Dodgers, so man. many, so yeah. many bad like misfortunes with the Nats, and then the whole thing with the Brewers. Like, oh my God! Like two out in the eighties. <laughs> that was crazy. It was wild, and you know the, crazy, another man. story I can share with this. I I couldn't watch the game anymore, so I was eating dinner with my family. And then my sister, Rachel, is diehard fanatic. You guys know she's a diehard sports fan. I got, like, ten missed calls from her. Like, what the hell is going on? And she said, like, cool, you like, they, tie, they, they, they got the lead. What the hell? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> and then, you know, they, I bought my ticket game one, and then, you know, the rest was history. So those type of things, like, it's just surreal. Like, just I'm sure, like, Rail, like, you were there in that area. What was that like for you? Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy, man. I mean, you know, when I saw that game, I was just like, whoa, man. You know, I, I, for me, to be honest with yeah, you, yeah, to be honest with you, man, I thought that was going to be a start of something already. I mean, I was that confident. I was like, yeah, we're, we're going to go. I mean, I know I know, we're probably going to see the Dodgers, but, you know, I was like, I know this is going to be a start of something great. So. And then when you think about how they won, like how every team – how like the Astros and, and the Nats, like how they all all the games are on a road, like the victories, like yeah, that's Nobody, just crazy. That's never happened. No, no never world happened. team, no World Series team was head champion has ever that didn't win a home game. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep, and then it's like just being being around y'all, like like how we referenced earlier, like I was with you guys for that Bulls Wizards, and I think that was '05, like for. For the World Series, I was actually with you guys because we, you know, we had another cousin. Cousin had a wedding with um. Oh, you were there, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Allie and Askew with Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like being around y'all and, and watching, you know, you guys like, you know, this is everything to y'all, and it's like, you know, yeah. it's like that's kind of where everything was rooted from. Yeah, and it's also a part of you too. You know what I mean? That could be like your secondary team, even though it's not Chicago. You know that that lies deep without within our family because we're all majority like DMV sports, like DC sports. So yeah, it, that I think that meant a lot to me. That's more, it's more special than the Caps like winning, in my opinion. What about you? Wow, right? that's big, man. What about you? <laughs> that's big. I mean, uh, I don't know, man. It's hard because I mean, you know, I think for me, it's the Caps to be honest with you because I mean that was my wedding year. And, you know, the Caps, they, they, I think they had so much more, I don't want to say more misfortunes, but I think they had so much more, like, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, because yeah. Yeah, they had so much failures, like, going into, like, every playoff, like, always a top seed, and sometimes it was just losing game seven. So, mm -hmm. I think, for me, it's the Caps, to be honest with you, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, so going back to uh, the MLB, Josh, I was going to say, um, you know, with, with the 60-game season, um, who are the players that you think you – know, for me, too, I play fantasy baseball, so I wanted to know who who are the players to watch for the league or even with the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, can you give us that? Yeah, I think – so it's going to be crazy, y'all, because, like, obviously this year it's always going to kind of have an asterisk next to it, but it's yeah. still like, – you're still competing and there's still going to be a World Series, you know, depending, like, if the – you know, how the pandemic and the second wave affects everything and, like, you know, which players get it and, you know, how they're able to handle it from that standpoint. Because if a lot of them do get it, like, even Adam Silver said today, he was like, you know, if there's a large amount of players, like, we might have to stop the season again. Uh, but if, if they're able to get it, all like, all the games in and the whole postseason in, like, there are just so many ways to, to look at it. Because, like, 
uh, when you think about a baseball season, it takes about like maybe a month and a half, two months for like pitchers to really kind of get like to their top form. Like from the get, the hitters always will have an advantage just because like it's way easier for the hitter to, to, to get their timing right than it is for a pitcher to, to really build their arm up. Um, right. and you, think about, you think about the stoppage that they're having right now. And with basketball, it's different because, you know, they had, they had their, a big part of their season, and then, you know, they had this long break, and then they're, they're about to resume playing. With baseball, they hadn't even started yet. So baseball, they had their offseason. They had a little, you know, a little bit of training, but they weren't built back up yet. And then they had this big stoppage again. So from that standpoint, they got to restart all over again. Right. Um, and, you know, they're, they're going to be different players who take a lot longer to, you know, get built back up. And, like, you think about it, it's like they might not be built back up until, like, maybe halfway through the season because just because the season's going to go by so quick. Like, it really takes so quick, yeah. at least a month, like, for some pitchers to really truly feel at their best, uh, you know, the prime of that, that year. Uh, so I think we're going to see a lot of, lot of hitters and a lot of inflated stats. Like, if someone might hit, like, you know – consistently above 350 or even 400 like you know <laughs> yeah surprise if we see that this year um so i, I really kind of think that the hitting aspect um and then from that standpoint you just think about the good hitters in the league the cody bellingers the aaron judge the i'd even throw mookie Betts up there um mookie Betts. Juan, juan soto obviously everyone's um come yeah. around to learn his name um but i you know one player i'm really interested in is, is shohei otani just because you know um, another utility player <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of interest with him yeah. would be yeah. the guy and then um also you know you root for the asians the japanese guy so it's like you want to yeah. see the so um yeah. and he's coming you know coming off surgery so like so seeing how that affects him um but i've seen you know i've seen videos of him and they've been putting it out and he looks good yo like i mean his swing looks good and obviously he's pitching so um i guess those those are kind of a few guys that i'm, I'm watching out for that's great man so we appreciate your time, Josh. Uh, so we want to just ask like one last question to you. So we want to have you ask us a question. Have me ask y'all a question? Yeah. yeah. Man, I think, hmm. Well, we kind of talked about your World Series moments. I, I, I think that was actually one of my questions is like, what was your favorite sports moment? I think maybe not sports moment, but like maybe, in, in a, you know, we've been talking about relationships and interactions and, you know, I'm very lucky to be in a position where um, I see these guys every day and, you know, I learn about their daily life, but like as a fan, like what was the athlete that you met? And I think I know, I think I know um, Dan's answer. <laughs> but, oh, but, <laughs> but like, what's kind of like the quick story of like the, the time you met, like the athlete that you've always been wanting to meet or like your, I guess you could say your idol. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So mine just happened recently, uh, back in January. It was actually, you know, if you know me, first three podcasts, my, my idol, my favorite player is Gilbert Arenas. <laughs> so first time, you know, I've always, you know, I rock with him since he was with Arizona, played with the Wizards. I rock with him, you know, with the gun incident, even when he left. And, you know, when he, especially when, when Kobe died and he decided that he wanted to be a coach like him because Kobe wanted him to, he wanted him to, to do the same thing too. Use his knowledge to, to kids and teach them to, to be good, you know, basketball players. 
there was, you know, I, I followed him on Instagram and he posted this ad saying that, hey, I want to be, you know, in this place, you know, at this time, you know, it's going to be free. Like, you know, make sure you have So, you know, I had my, my son, Mateo, you know, dress up in his, you know, Gilberina's gear. And then I brought like all my jerseys and like in a book bag. And then when I saw him, I was like, wow, like it's crazy. Like he knew. He was like, I don't, like, where'd you get that? That's the first said, like, where'd you get that jersey? I said, I bought it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just talking to him, like, I, you know, I was like straight yeah, fanboy. The Bachis, right? The Bachis, yeah. So I was like, yeah. I talked to him, you know, I said, hey, Gil, can you sign all my, can you sign my jerseys? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought, honestly, this is, I brought 12 <laughs> jerseys. He was like, sign all of them. Damn. And he was like, Damn, like, can't believe, like, you got this jersey. And, like, it was so cool, like, just interacting with him. And, you know, he, like, he even, like, said, oh, you know, like, you know, it, you know, I, I see your son, like, dressed up and stuff. And, you know, it was also cool that the, the local news was on there. And then he was able, my son was able to get on the, the local, like, you know, news yep. for, like, every minute. That meant a lot to me. So... I guess just saying, like, say all that stuff was just, you know, just thanks for the memories, because, you know, I've always been a fan since day one, and I appreciate everything you did, and you know, that's I kept it pretty like simple. He knew like <laughs> I was a fan, cause like no, no, nobody, like, nobody cared right. about. Him. Yeah. <laughs> so how about you, Rob? What's yours? Uh, I mean, like I said, man, going back to earlier what Josh was saying about waiting in line for autographs. I mean, for me, it was probably like uh, it was probably Donovan McNabb when he was a Redskins. Um, it was crazy because he had a, a book signing, man. So I bought that book signing. I think it was by, about NFL dads. And I guess he was part of it. So, you know, I went to D.C. I think I had work um, from 3 to 11 that day. And, you know, me, I was like, man, that's that's my guy. You know, even though he's a Redskins now, you know, that's still my guy. So, you know, I made an effort to go all the way to D.C. And at that time, um, I, you know, to me, going to D.C. at that time was like far as shit. Like, it was just, far, you know, it was just a lot of traffic and all that crazy stuff. But so, yeah, I've made an effort, man. You know, I stayed in line, you know, by the time I got there, I mean, you had that video, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I was, I, was the one, like I was the one that told yeah. you about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know, I got to the front, man, which is the greatest thing to me. You know, I told him, I was like, hey, man, I'm a big fan. I know you're a Redskins. I mean, I, I know you're a Redskins quarterback now, but I'm still, you know, you're always going to be eagle to me, you know. So, you know, at that point, he was just like, yeah, man, you know. Uh, appreciate appreciate your sport and all that stuff, but yeah, man, I think that to me that was probably like the greatest uh, moment. Uh, I guess my inter interaction with uh, yeah, yeah. my favorite player. You right, so. you got on the news too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Five, man. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was that was a cool thing, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, if I was to like say one thing of like not advice, but like to like you know, every, all the fans out there, like, when you, when you meet the athlete, like, like, every, a lot of people say, like, you know, I'm the biggest fan, and, and I, I truly mean, like, a lot, like, when you're, when you feel like you're the biggest fan, like, you really do mean that, like, you love, you love this athlete. Yeah. But, yeah. like, try to, try to, when, you know, because obviously interacting with them every day, like, the next time, like, anyone listening meets their favorite athlete, you know, they're lucky to get that opportunity, like, just look up a little tidbit about them, like, where they're from or, like, what's their favorite, you know, store, you know, look on their social media, like, something they might have did recently, and just, like, throw that in there real quick, like, when you're, when you're, um, 
uh, meeting with them. Cause like, that's what I try to do with athletes that, you know, I work with, but I might not have like worked extensively with like for, like, for example, like, you know, a guy that you guys all like really respect came out from the DMV, uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, you know, at this point I, w I was definitely, you know, um, you know, trying to establish myself in the professional career um and you know wasn't a fan anymore uh of like you know rooting for all these guys but kd he uh part of that uh the olympic team and uh i think that was 2016 um when when they came to chicago to practice and i think they, they played some team i think it might have been brazil um at the united center but they had practice right um but i went up to kd and i like told him how like all my family's from the DMV and I, I told him about Cluck Hughes. I told him about like, uh, I told him about like one of these gyms that he used to play at, like at, when he was Run growing and up. Yeah, and when, you show, when you show like that, you know, you know a little bit about them and it's not just, um, you know, like when you show that, you know, you know a little bit about them, it, it goes a long way. And I, I really think that um, not just as like a journalist, but I think even as a fan, like it goes a long way that, you know, cause the, the players notice that and it, it really does um, make a difference, I think. Well, you know, like, I, you know, once again, Josh, thank you so much for having the time to talk to us. Uh, and then uh, if you want to just plug in your, your, your Twitter, your Twitter handle, your, and then, you know, your athletic stuff too. Yeah, man, it was fun. We got to do it again, especially if we get, you know, even more uh, guests in the future, you know, hopefully we can make some shake, but um my Twitter and, and Instagram, they're both at JCT uh, Sports. So just uh, my initials, JCT, and then Sports. And then obviously on the athletic.com, and then you can just search my name on there, Josh Tolentino, um, rocking with, uh, you know, reporting on the Rays. So, but yeah, yeah man, cool, appreciate man. You. it was fun, man. It was, you yeah, know, I appreciate you, man. Hey, thanks again. And don't forget, you guys subscribe to the Athletic, too. So you guys got a lot of good content for sports. Yeah, yeah. I know there's a lot going on, but you know, we're still trying to get paid and you know, you gotta gotta <laughs> For sure. You know, it's yeah. like we all it's like all all our nine to fives. I know my nine to five is like a little bit different from from that aspect. It's like, you know, I am lucky enough to to go to games and, you know, see these players every day, but it's still it's still a job and you know from from that aspect, like we're we're all trying to grind. So yeah, always, yeah. always respect the hustle, no matter what yeah, we do. Sir. Definitely. Of course. Well, once again, uh, you know, Josh, thanks again for being in our episode four. We appreciate it. And then, you know, we're definitely going to keep in touch again soon. Yeah, man. Keep doing your thing, bro. Yeah, we're proud of you, man. Keep it up. Yeah, no doubt. Everyone tap in, man. This was a, this was a very good podcast, man. I appreciate yeah. it. I right, appreciate it, guys. All right, bro. Peace. Thank you.